Job chapter 2 this morning. We'll be looking at some things in chapter 3 as well, but we're going to read Job chapter 2 together. We're going to talk about when adversity gets you down. Adversity is coming. No doubt you've all have heard it's not if, but when. Uh, adversity will be here uh, in your life. Enjoy the good days. All right, Job chapter 2. When adversity gets you down. Again, there was a day, we're going to begin reading in verse 1, sorry. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What, shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophor the Naamathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept and they rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground even seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw his grief was very great. Well, we kind of talked a little bit last week. If there really ever was a man that should be exempt from adversity uh, because of their character, that would have probably been Job. Perfect and an upright man. You know, he avoids evil. Uh, but the reality is Job did not avoid any adversity in his life. <laughs> uh, despite his impeccable character, he probably suffered like no one else that we know, really, that's recorded for us, I, I would say. I mean, there, we could uh, look at different examples and things, but when you see the suffering that Job goes through, um, a lesser person would have quit given up. Listen, we, we want to quit for far less than what Job is facing. You know, our poochy lip comes out when our, cur- our hair doesn't curl up just like it should. You know, uh, boy, my hair's frizzy today. I, my, my tie knot doesn't look as good as I wanted it to. No, I'm being serious though. If you think about the trivial things that we get discouraged about, it's, we should be ashamed of ourselves oftentimes. Now, and, but also there's people that go through hard things. 
difficult things. And listen, I'm not judging them. Just because you quit, I'm no better than you. And so, no one is free from adversity in life. No one. It's coming. Uh, Listen, the Lord tells Satan, this man is blameless. He's upright. He fears him. He, he turns from evil. And look at what God says. I, I just, listen, adversity's coming, and, and so let me give you the point of this whole lesson. Satan's going to do everything he can to get you to doubt God. Look at verse 3 in, in chapter 2. It says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And look at the latter part of this verse. And still he holdeth fast his integrity. Here it is. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Satan is going to make it look like God's against you. He's going to bring challenges in your life. You're going to think that where is God? Is there a God? Satan is going to pull out all the stops that God allows him. And so... Don't forget that in in the life of Job, Satan was only able to do what God allowed. So God is still in control. God is sovereign. uh, And he hasn't forgotten about you. But when adversity comes, it might feel that way. And it's intentional. Our adversary has your destruction in mind. He wants you to doubt God. He wants you to question God and the goodness of God. Uh, God allows some horrible things to happen in Job's life. We, we talked about it last week. His family did. All of his wealth gone. God allowed that. But God's still good. And because, listen, I, I, and I'll remind you of this later, I think, but God has the end in mind. So don't ever allow the temporary things of this. Listen, this life is temporary. All of life is temporary. We're sojourners. Listen, in Christ, we have uh, the blessed hope. We have eternity to look forward to in Christ. And so don't ever forget that. But oftentimes, we, it's easy to do because that's easy to say when we're on the mountaintop. But when the devil attacks and, and when we're in the valley and, and discouragement sets in, it's a lot harder to think that way. Uh, but like we kind of talked about last week in, in what Mrs. Vaughn mentioned this morning, if we build our life on Christ, uh, Job was able to go through this hardship because he was walking with God prior to. <clears throat> God allows horrible things to happen to Job. But he has a reason for allowing them. So don't question God. When things get down. Job lost the first battle, right? We looked at that last week. He, he attacked, or Satan lost the first battle. Did I say Job? Sorry. Satan lost the first battle last week. You get up here. Sometimes you get all mixed up in what you're saying. So, but Satan lost last week. He told God, listen, if you, if you would just let me touch this man's life and do some things in his life, I'll get him to doubt who you are and your goodness, and he's going to curse you to your face. And so he takes everything Job has. And Job remained faithful. Job remained faithful. 
God, help us to be faithful when the hard times come. Listen, and I'll tell you this this morning. God, help us to be faithful when the good times come. Boy, when we're rich and increased in goods, oftentimes we forget our God. But don't forget God. He hasn't forgotten you. See, remember the picture here when the sons of God and and Satan come before the Lord? There's things going on behind the scenes that we don't see. We often refer to it as spiritual warfare. So God is in the back with the big scope, and he can see it all. So don't question the one that can see it all. He has a plan. He's working. Uh, We need to trust him. Listen, our, our enemy's intent is to destroy us. From reading these first two chapters, we see we quickly discover that Job goes after everything. Satan goes after everything that Job holds dear. Everything. He takes away his family, all of his servants, all of his fortune. He takes all that away. And now he wants to destroy his health and his reputation. He, he wants all of it. And so, and we know in, in these verses that Job has is, is remained faithful to this point. And uh, after the Lord tells Satan that Job is holding fast to his integrity, and in in, we, we saw there in verse 3, uh, but Satan responds in verse 4, and Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. And, and so Satan's getting ready for the next battle. Well, I didn't win that one. What can I do here? And uh, the idea is really trading skins of animals for another, I think, and and uh, Satan is accusing God of sacrificing the skin of Job's children and his servants to save Job's skin or Job's life. Boy, you wouldn't let me touch Job. Skin for skin, you know, th- that was a, a thing. And, but listen, Satan declares to God in, in verses 4 through 8, uh, we read those, uh, that if you let me touch his body... Physically, I can get him to curse you. Um, if you reach out and take away Job's health, he will curse thee to thy face. When we suffer physically, there's far more that takes place than just the physical suffering. Because it's a spiritual battle. Um, a well-known, uh, well, a well-known, you guys might not know him, but a good friend of mine, he got cancer years back. And um, it, it was, I don't know how you say this because I've never been there, but it was minor cancer. I'll use that term. It, it just, it wasn't a very severe form of cancer. The recovery rate was, was very high. But nonetheless, when you're diagnosed with cancer, I think that would be concerning. And so he, he went through some treatments. He had some surgery. Uh, some of the cancer was removed. And it was a thyroid cancer, if I remember correctly. And his doctor told him, and this is, a medical doctor. I don't believe he was a Christian. And he said what in the, the man was, was struggling. He just felt kind of down and depressed and defeated. And he's like, but, you know, I, I, my cancer is in remission. I, I no longer have cancer. And, and physically I feel okay, but I just don't feel right. And his doctor said, he said, oftentimes when somebody gets sick or ill, it affects them mentally and, that, and he said, usually, in this doctor's experience, he said it takes twice as long as the illness was for you to fully recover. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know. But what I do know is whenever I've been ill or sick and things and I feel defeated, it affects me spiritually. 
And it's harder to get back at it. Um, and so I think Job understood that. Or Goodness, I can't get this right. I think Satan understood that. And so when he physically attacks Job, it's, a, it's, a, it's obviously a little bit more aggressive than just taking everything that he has. Um, because I, I've been there in the middle of the floor thinking I'm going to die because I have the stomach bug or something. I know you men have been there. Ladies, maybe not so much. I can't sympathize with you because I'm not one. Or I can't... Anyway. (laughs) But my wife tells me I'm a baby when it comes to the sicknesses. I don't think she understands how bad it is. But in any case, (laughs) I think we've all been there. Where you're ill or maybe there's a traumatic injury that's happened. And it's devastating. Listen, I don't know what boils all over your body would feel like, but I think Job was miserable to say the least. To be smote entirely physically, defeated. Not to mention all the grief that he's still processing from his family being taken. Everything that he owns, his fortune gone. And here he is scraping his his wounds, with a broken piece of pottery. That's a miserable place to be. Listen, adversity can get you down. The Lord gives him boils. Satan does it, but the Lord allows it in his life. Look at what Job says. And so here we are. Job has lost everything Physically speaking, fortune, family, all of that. He's got one gal with him so far. His wife made it through the tragedies up to this point. The number one encourager in his life. Let's look what she has to say in verse 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Cursed God and die. What an encouragement. It's like, just quit. Just give in. This ain't worth it. God has turned against you. Do you see what I'm saying? It, the, the devil can attack us to the point where we begin to question God. And listen, he might use some of our closest friends, our family, to get in on it. His wife at this point is even, there ain't no point. I don't know, maybe she's questioning if there is a God. Job, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. The devil knows just where to hit us. When adversity gets you down, remember your adversary's intent. Don't ever forget, the devil wants your destruction. The devil wants to ruin your life. He wants to ruin your relationships, to include your relationship with God. He wants to ruin your witness. Listen, he wants to stop at nothing but utter destruction in your life. The devil's out for you. And here's some really good news. God might allow him to attack you. That in itself could be discouraging if we're not careful. God allows things in our life 
to test and to try us. Put yourself in the position of Job right now. You have nothing. And now your spouse has quit on you. I think that'd be pretty discouraging. You know, I've had discouraging moments in my life. I've had challenges throughout my life. But I don't think there's ever been a place in my life where I had no one. Job's pretty cool. We're going to talk about his friends here a little bit. We were on, we'll touch a little bit on, on chapter 3, but um, not, not a whole lot in, in the coming weeks perhaps, but not today. But up to this point, he really has nobody. I know there's a couple people I'll call if I'm feeling down. Or maybe I'll curl up next to Cindy because she can provide some comfort and, and some support when, when everything else is miserable. But Job doesn't have that. Listen, the devil's out to get you. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants your destruction. He wants to destroy you. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired you to have you that he may sift you as wheat. The Satan is out looking to destroy you. He wants nothing but your destruction. The devil wants... You to doubt and question God. He wants you to think the Lord has turned his back on you. I don't know if we can fully understand and, and feel, really understand how alone Job must have felt in this moment. Even his wife was his discouragement at this point. The one person you would think you could trust, your spouse, not here. Perhaps you can rely on the comfort of friends. We, we saw that Job's friends come here. We're not going to talk a lot about their discourse uh, in this chapter, but they do come. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zephor, uh, they come and, and uh, they arrive. They made an appointment, it says, together uh, to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. And, and so they show up and it says they see him afar off and, and they don't even really recognize him. They're in verse 12 and... Um, they lifted, uh, it says, and they lift up their eyes afar off and knew him not. They were like, man, what is going on here? His friends. And so they just, they begin to mourn in, in those things. And so, listen, oftentimes we can't even rely on our friends, but at least his friends were coming at this point. And we'll leave it at that. And so just the note, Romans twelve fifteen, rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. I think these, these friends at this point had the good intentions. Uh, they were coming to do some comfort and uh, that's what true friends do. His wife wasn't even doing that at this point. His wife just said, quit. Curse God. Give it up. This ain't worth it. <clears throat> Listen, when adversity gets you down, and it will, I want you to understand that the Lord understands your discouragement and doubts. We'll get back to his friends a little bit in the coming weeks. I don't, I don't want to, but it, it mentions that they had come to try to to try to comfort him, and and so listen, be a good friend. I'll say that. You know, this man had nobody, and I know his friends get a lot of flack for what they did, but at least at this point, I think they were they're doing the right thing. They might not have given the best counsel when it all starts coming about, but uh, but be a good friend, be an encouragement, be a help. Listen. Just because somebody's going through it doesn't mean they're in sin. That's right. 
just be an encouragement. And if they are, we should be restoring them because we're the spiritually mature, right? Yeah, that's what we ought to be doing. So, you know, there's these seven days of silence there uh, that we see in, in chapter 2. And it kind of brings us to chapter 3. And Job opens his mouth in chapter 3. And after this, Job his, uh, and after this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. Chapter 3 and verse 1. You know, and if we look down through verses 2 through 6, and we see that he wishes the day that which he was born would perish. Listen, in other words, he uh, had never, he wishes he'd never been born. He wants the day to be darkness, it says. Uh, he wishes uh, he had never seen the light of day. Job wishes darkness and the shadow of death would claim the day of his birth and the cloud would cover it. Listen, he wants the day to be excluded from the number of months and and he wants it to be blotted off the calendar. Listen, Job was wishing that he wasn't even alive. I think we see some of the discouragement that's taken place in Job's life here. Uh, It's really set in. Instead of a joyful voice at his birth, Job requests that night be solitary or void, though he had never been born. Verses 7 and 8 there. He says, for those who are experts at raising the day he was born. And so he's just, I think he's down. He's discouraged his wife's against him. He, uh, perhaps, I think he's questioning if God is against him at this point. And I think as with Job, depression and exhaustion add to our agony during times of major adversity. Remember the, the account of John the Baptist when he's imprisoned by Herod? Uh, Matthew chapter 11, he becomes very depressed, I think. He, he sends some of his disciples to Jesus to ask if he is the Messiah or if his disciples should be looking for someone else. Matthew chapter 11. And, uh, but this is the same John who only earlier, maybe about two years in John 1.29 says this, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. But when things get down, all of a sudden we start to have questions. We start doubting. We get discouraged. Things aren't going the way that we expected. So there's a problem. Maybe, maybe God isn't come through for us in this circumstance. Maybe, maybe it's not how God said it would be. But when John's disciples arrive, and you can see this in Matthew chapter 11, this is what Jesus, he tells them, uh, to go back to John and report that, that the blind receive sight, the lame are walking, lepers are healed, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached unto them. And, and these are all prophecies that were being fulfilled. Uh, you, you can see some of that in Isaiah 35 and in, in chapter 61. Um, but after John's disciple leave, here's what Jesus says of him in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. It says, Verily I say unto you, among that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Lord had never given up on John. John was in horrible situation. In prison, we know he loses his head. That's a bad thing to lose, by the way. It's not like losing your car keys. Just making sure some of you are awake this morning. Listen, when things are down, we tend to get discouraged. <laughs> 
We start to doubt God. We start to question life. What does all this mean? But it's a joy to my heart to know that even though when we're discouraged and we're down and we have doubts, Christ looks, John the Baptist is still the greatest. The Lord hasn't given up. The Lord knows. Jesus understands our difficulties. He was tested like as we are, yet without sin. He knows all the difficulties and challenges and the discouragement. Think of the Garden of Gethsemane. You think you got some pressure on you. The Lord knew what was coming. He stayed faithful. Job stays faithful. Lord, help us. Listen, for he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Listen, God understands your difficulties and the challenges that you're facing in life. He's not leaving you out to dry. He's not making you figure it all out on your own. The reality is when the pressures come and the challenges come and the difficulties come, we ought to be turning to God more fervently. More diligently seeking Him. Just being trusting that He will bring those things to pass. When, not if, adversity gets you down, it's coming. What are you going to do? Listen, I think Job does the right thing. Reveal your honest feelings to God. Verses 11 through 26 are Job just expressing how he feels. He's not feeling loved. He's not feeling encouraged and strengthened and like he wants to go on in life. But listen, I think he knows that God understands where he's at. There is nothing wrong with expressing your feelings to God. Sometimes I think in in this Christian life, we have this idea that we have to go through it with all the right answers all the time, and it has to be sunshine and butterflies. That's not reality. Sometimes I don't feel like coming to church. And I'm a Sunday school teacher. I know some of you didn't feel like it, but you came anyway today. Praise God. Listen, sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes we don't want to. Tell God. Listen, Job had no one else to turn to. His wife had said, just quit, die, curse God, get out of here. So he turns to God. And in these verses, let's read them. We'll read 11 through 26 in chapter 3. Just because I want you to see it here. It says, Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees prevent me? Or why the breast that I should suck? For now should I have lain still and been quiet. I should have slept and then had I been at rest. With kings and counselors of the earth which built desolate places for themselves, or with princes uh, that had gold who filled their houses with silver, or as in hidden untimely birth I had not been, as infants which never saw light, there the wicked cease from the troubling, and there the weary be at rest. He's like, listen, even the wicked cease from troubling, and uh, the weary find rest in death. Why, why, Lord? 
There the prisoners rest together. Uh, They hear not the voice of the oppressor. The small and the great are there. And the servant is free from his master. Wherefore is light given to him that is in misery and life unto the bitter in soul, which long for death, but it cometh not, and dig for it more than for hid treasures, which rejoice exceedingly are glad when they find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hid and whom God hath hedged in? For my sign cometh before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Boy, Job, but listen, it, there's nothing greater than being able to pour yourself out to the Lord. I've never been to the place where I wished I was dead. There were a couple of times I was close when I had those stomach bugs. Like, Lord, just this might be it. Just take me. But I don't think I've truly, truly wanted to die. Things are in a bad way for Job. Life's miserable. Life's not good. He longs to die where the wicked cease from troubling. Job reasons that the captives are free and no longer... uh, Captive. Boy, the rich and the poor and the slaves are free in death. Job asks why, or the word wherefore is used, six times in verse, from verses 11 to verses 20, 23. Uh, I think it's a couple times in verse 11, a couple times in verse 12, verse 20, and then in 23, again, he asks why or life is given to those whom uh, their way is hid. He also asks why God hath hedged him in or surrounded him with adversity. The interesting thing about that in verse 23, about being hedged in in adversity, uh, it's similar to the word Satan used in chapter 1, in verse 10, when it talks about how God had hedged Job about in safety. So now Job, it's flip-flopped. Now he feels like I'm just surrounded in adversity. Uh, Things are not good. Job's suffering is so severe, he sighs when he sees food because he has lost his appetite. Verses 24 through 26 is, For my sighing cometh before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters. Have you ever been so down and discouraged that you didn't want to eat? Just miserable. The very thing he feared was happening to him. Listen, the loss of his ten beloved children, his servants, his possessions, his health, has flooded his heart. He's devastated. I think we could say the, to the, le- the least, right? Uh, nothing's going good. Present pain often cancels out the memories of past joys. When it does, remember God is not in the business of explaining. He's in the business of sustaining. Listen, His grace is sufficient for whatever you're facing today. And whatever you're going to face tomorrow whatever challenges you might come upon in this life, whatever adversity comes, when you feel hedged about, surrounded by nothing but trouble, day after day, there's, a, well, there's another problem. Well, here's something new. Boy, it just keeps getting worse. Boy, I lost that friend. Boy, that bill was higher than expected. Boy, the doctor called and the diagnosis isn't good. Listen, His grace is sufficient. Sometimes we... 
say things that we might forget or regret. Uh, I was going to take us to Habakkuk, but I'm not going to. We're going to run out of time. Listen, but if we're not careful, we'll make accusations against God. But I want to remind you this morning, the Lord is always faithful. Often the devil gets us thinking the Lord has forsaken us. But we must remember God is faithful. He tells us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. When we feel like God's not there, He's there. He will not forsake you. He hasn't left you. Despite the circumstances in life that make you feel that way. Listen, God hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, He's faithful. God's still there. You must trust Him that He will finish the work. Listen, He's working in your life. He's developing you. He's bringing you on to be uh, a vessel of honor, if you will. He's purifying you. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith work is patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James 1, 3 and 4, Job 23, 10 says this, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Listen, God is working. God is doing something in your life. He's bringing you. Listen, we are not good at seeking God. As a general rule of thumb. Despite the word of God saying, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And there's all the, God lays it out how we can come before him uh, and grow into him. If we abide in him, he is uh, uh, the vine, right? We're the branches, right? So we we abide in him. But all this is available, but we're not good at it. So sometimes God allows these adverse events in our lives that we might be drawn closer to him. That is just a reminder of how much he loves us. He loves us so much he ain't going to quit on us. Because he knows how we are. Sometimes we need a little thorn to help us to turn to him. Listen, the Apostle Paul went to the Lord thrice, at least we know, because of the thorn in his flesh. Lord, this is difficult. It drew him to God. Listen, whatever's taking place in your life, God's just drawing you to himself. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. There might be despondency or depression or or difficulties along the way. Trust him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Listen, don't let the circumstances of life allow you to forget the love of God. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, look at this, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, neither height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. Listen, nothing's going to separate us from God's love. Despite how we feel in those circumstances, God loves you. God's there for you. Be patient. Let it work out. When you're going through it, remember God has not forgotten you. Trust Him. He will bring it to pass 
and it will be for your good. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your word. and Lord, it's such a blessing to know that you've given us so many examples in Scripture of folks that have been there. Lord, they've lived it. And I pray, Lord, that you just help us to be faithful as we see the faithfulness of Job in keeping his integrity. Lord, we pray that you would just strengthen us, Lord. And I pray that you would just help us to trust you. Lord, oftentimes we know intellectually that you loved us enough to die for us and that you care for us, but sometimes when things get difficult, we want to quit. I pray, Lord, that you just help us. Remember our frame, Lord. And Father, today we do pray for the service to follow. We thank you, Lord, for the gathering of the people today. Lord, we pray that you'd be with our pastor, strengthen him. Lord, we pray that you bless the word of God as it goes forth, that you would just use it in a mighty way to touch hearts. We pray that people will be stirred to walk closer to you today. And Lord, if anybody that doesn't know Christ is here today, we pray that they would turn to Christ and be saved. Lord, work in their hearts. Father, we pray that you just encourage us and strengthen us to continue the work for thee. We'll ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.